to see you. You look great. You look swell, all of you. Every single one of you listeners, like, what have you done with your hair? You must, things must be great in your life right now because you are glowing. Did you get new glasses and did you get your braces off? Like, holy smokes, you look good. Oh, you <laughs> did. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? That outfit on you is like the best I outfit. Know. I've ever seen on anybody ever. Like the color is perfect with your skin tone. Yeah, Don't you think, they look great. And oh, look at that one in the new jammies. Beautiful. <laughs> when that one puts their hair back, it's, it's sexy. It's hot. It is and look sexy. at that one on their bike. Wait, what? What a stop sign. <laughs> okay, they're good. <laughs> okay, just a second. We're just going to wait while that one listener puts the baby down. <laughs> The, baby, the baby's already asleep, so don't make too much noise. But make a little bit of noise because Shh, if you expect total quiet for your quiet. baby all the time. Okay, now, okay, baby's down. <laughs> just keep your hand on their belly for just a second. Good lift. Slowly Sneak away. Walk away but crawl don't on the quiet. floor. Turn on like the fan. a lizard out the door. <laughs> Take 35 minutes to close the door without making any clicks or bonks. There! Hey! We're ready to go. I'm having so many flashbacks. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, hi, Stephanie Wolf, my co-host. Karen Johnson Diamond, my co-host. We're so happy to be back. We come back periodically and sporadically now, and it's always kind of makes it even more joyful because, I mean, hey, life is happening again, and we have not dropped this ball. We're, we're keeping it in the air because we love it, and we love you. And this ball, this ball, this round, bouncy, hilarious ball is called Scam Time, a true crime podcast all about scams and hoodwinkers and bouncing balls of Yes, just often just complete, hey, that was, uh, that was good. just like, huh, is what we go to, what we look for. We look for uh -huh. huh and how and what. That's, that's the thing that keeps us going. That it is. And often we talk about other people's scams, but Steffi, I just just got scammed and I know it's your turn to tell a scam this week but I have to tell you really quickly what happened what just I always think it's funny when scam people get scammed what everything's okay though right first <sighs> <laughs> yes totally but it, I just like it's like what we were talking about last week when we were talking about my billet host and they said they right. just felt so stupid yes, and vulnerable yes. and gullible right and I was like how did I not see that anyway so I'm doing a bunch of selling on Facebook Marketplace. I've listed a bunch of items for sale on Facebook Marketplace. And you can either hide those listings from your friends. Right. Okay. That's good. In which case, they only show up on Marketplace. If you don't hide it from your friends, if you make it public, then you can share it on a whole bunch of different groups like buy and sell this city or buy and sell that city or buy and sell this neck of your woods in the city. So a couple of mine, I put public so that more people that access buy sell groups could see them. Soon as I did that, and this is this morning, Steph, soon as I did that, like something that I listed, boom, right away, got an interest. Lady Christine something says, is this item still available? And that's one of those options you can pick on Marketplace, right? She didn't actually type it in. Is this item still available? I wrote back, yes, it's available. She wrote back, I'm very interested. I will come today. She said, give me your cell phone number. And I went, okay, thinking, you know, if she's coming, we're not going to be talking on Messenger. She wants, you know, so I give her my cell phone number. And she immediately writes back, excellent. I'm just going to send you a code that you send back to me so I know you're for real and you're a real person. Oh, I, oh, I know, I know, but I know. Steph, they I went, turn it on you. They turn it on I you. I know. 
And I went, oh, that makes sense. Okay. And then I waited for a code and nothing came. And I'm like, I'm waiting for a code. Nothing's happening. I see no code. Then another interest letter, like another interest message, bing, from somebody else. Is this available? Me. Yes, it's available. Them. Okay, I'm going to send you a code. Mm. Me on Google immediately going Facebook Marketplace scam. Mm -hmm. And this is what they're doing. And apparently what they do is they get your cell phone number. They text or something. You send back a code and that gives them access to your Google voice or your Google voice commands or something. But either way, they didn't send a code. So my husband thinks I'm fine because, A, I've never been smart enough to set up my Google Voice anyway. Like, you know, how you can tell it to turn your lights off. or I've never set that up. Like, I lose my phone in the house and I'm asking our our Google thing in the middle of the kitchen, where's my phone? And it's going, I don't recognize your voice. And I'm like... probably a bot and it's sending out that to every new thing that comes in and it maybe hasn't got to you yet or what for whatever reason it's got thousands and thousands and thousands of those out right now it's exactly and I thought oh thank god now that I've opened up some of these items to be seen on a bunch of groups that's why suddenly people because I haven't been getting really a lot of interest for these things for Mm -hmm. sale Anyway, then I did what I should have done in the beginning. And I went and looked at the profiles of both those people. Mm -hmm. And they both had no information Mm -hmm. on them and said, join Facebook in 2023. So the next three times it happened today, they'd go, hi, is this thing available? I'd say, it is available. If I couldn't see when they joined Facebook, like if I couldn't get to their profile. And if they said, I'm sending you a code, I'd write back, scam. And if they said, is this still available? And it said, join Facebook in 2023, I'd just ignore it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, it's I'm um, just because our, our, our good nature just resp- as human beings, but it makes we just sense. respond, you know, but it also makes sense. I want to make sure me purchaser wants to make sure that you are not a bot, that you're not scamming me. So I'm going to send you a code. And I thought, oh, makes perfect sense. I'll send you the code back. I'm so glad I didn't get a code or send it back. Well, here's another here's another little warning for people out there. That's great for people to know about. So everybody, listen up. If you're on, if you're doing that, like know that that's a thing. And when I tried to sell a vacuum cleaner on Kijiji, I had to Google Kijiji scams. It was very similar. They said never answer anything that goes to WhatsApp. I might have told this before, and I'll tell the the tiniest, quickest version. It's just selling a. Ugh. Vacuum cleaner. Vacuum cleaner that I had air mild that wasn't as good as I thought it was, so I just sold it. And I got a whole bunch of, hi, is this available, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to talk to you on WhatsApp because that's a secure network and I'd rather go through that. So I went, okay. So I found them on WhatsApp, went to WhatsApp. Hi, if you wouldn't mind, I've been scammed before when I've done this stuff and I want to make sure my money's going and I'm going to get this vacuum cleaner. So would you please click this? And that was immediately, what? No, because, so what I did first before that, I went to the Kijiji help and asked one of them actually got through to someone on their chat and they said no we only do transactions over this we don't have an affiliation through whatsapp they're selling because they said there was some kind of safe mechanism that they wanted to blah blah and they said no we don't do that like that's not a kijiji thing so you're being scammed and it was like mm, ick, ick, ick. and that's nothing to do with whatsapp being bad that's just that they wanted to get off of the site they wanted yeah, to get off they want to get on a cellular yeah. network or whatever yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. I, I have things on ebay nobody's really caring about no i've sold two things i've sold two things on ebay on facebook i've had entrepreneur i've had two interest things and then people going do you deliver me saying no and they're like but i'm in the southeast and i'm like sorry and then nothing and then all of a sudden these things and i was so excited but so now i'm considering moving over to kijiji because kijiji and facebook marketplace have no fees 
eBay does, right? But eBay opens it up to way more people outside of my city. But at the same time, then I have to deal with shipping. Postage, <sighs> yeah. I just like people coming yeah. to my door or better yet, a public meetup where I go, here's that baseball cap that you yeah. like that I don't want. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I did that with an Xbox something, something, something about eight or nine years ago. And it was the first time I'd met in a parking lot for something. And I was really, I was like, okay, but it was during the day and it was a McDonald's parking lot in my neighborhood and there was tons of Great. people around. So I thought, this has got to be fine. I, yeah. I didn't go alone. They didn't say come alone. <laughs> no, I went alone. I bought some romance comics off some guy and I, and it was fine because he said Royal Bank parking lot and it's in a strip mall and it was like Monday at three it was right. fine yeah. yeah yeah can I so. read you this is one of my phone ones that I got because you get them every day now right it's just so yeah. annoying like even two years ago it was like what is going on it used to be the five o'clock supper call that's why everyone got rid of their landlines and now, exactly yeah. You know, most of the, obviously, most of the time, I just, I just go block this caller. Just, I just get rid of it immediately. So people Yeah, you told us all about that last week, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Please or don't last think, episode, not last week, yeah. last episode. Please don't think that I'm a sucker for this. But every now and then, given the volume of ones that I get, I get a little bit itchy. And this was the latest one. Canada Post, this is your finest no notice to reschedule your delivery or dot 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 your attention Else. is required i thought canada post doesn't doesn't threaten people so or dot my, dot dot yeah right so um this was my my response just because i was in a, a kind of a goofy mood fuck off keep it eat it i'm so over you no shh you're gone just showing <laughs> you're gone just showing <laughs> I'm, i mean i know the bot won't read it but it made it made it made me feel really happy inside to type that and send it. So. You're gone to showing that is going to be my new scam response. That is what I'm going to answer to the scams text now. Your gaunch is so, showing. So stupid. My phone's been really good about filtering them out. Like it recognizes well, now good. when it's a scam. Like I go to my text messages and sorry, a lot of these ones are. I know. Which is like, Same that's new too, because it code. used to be from all over the world. And now yeah. a lot of them are Edmonton, say Kentucky. So. And now it says Alberta, 403. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, this, and this is just fresh new with you, hey? So, well, yeah. let everybody go find Karen and buy her stuff. <laughs> <laughs> go find me on Facebook, Karen Johnson Diamond. And Look at mine. She got nice, she got, she got nice stuff. I can say so. You haven't even seen, have you seen my stuff? You're not even on Facebook. Well, I know you've got good taste. You're not going to buy <laughs> shit and sell it for shit. Like, you've got nice stuff. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Nice, excellent things. <laughs> Do you know what's gotten the most interest? What? This 20, oh, no, this year 2000 collectible Tasmanian Devil Warner's Brothers bowling ball. What are you talking about? <laughs> I bought a bowling ball in... Prince George, Alberta, <laughs> at a thrift store. It's a 10-pound, three-hole, 10-pin bowling ball. But it's a collector's edition. I guess Warner Brothers in the year 2000. There's like a Bugs bowling ball and a Tasmanian Devil bowling ball and a Daffy Duck bowling ball. All these kinds of things. <laughs> so that's, I bought that because I thought somebody outside of Prince George... It's going to want, I couldn't even find a bowling alley that was open in Prince George. I'm like, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to see who likes Tasmanian Devil 2000 Warner Brother Collectors items bowling ball. 
<laughs> well, I mean, and it, it sounds the- really cool, but how did you how did you know to buy something like that? Like, how did you know? Oh, this will probably be a good thing to sell. Like, how did you know? A, it's a collector's item. Yeah. B. Okay. It's 23 years old, so year okay. 2000. C, it's Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> When's the last time you saw the Tasmanian Devil on a bowling ball, Steph? Never, never. And how never. smart, because he twirls exactly. around so fast. So it's the perfect right? thing to put in a bowling ball. Exactly. So anyway, oh I bought it, and I, I put it up on so oh everything. And I've gotten so many clicks on that thing and so many questions about it, and nobody's bought it yet. Oh, my God. Someone will, because that sounds like that's going to be someone's treasure. That's going to be someone's once in a lifetime, for sure. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for letting me start us off with just the stupidest, simplest, smartest scam where I thought, oh, yeah, you're smart to find out I'm not a bot. This is great. We're all really, really, we're all in a rush. I think we naturally, our natural response is to respond to people. Most normal, good people just want to be personable and and, and polite and respond to someone. And so it always, it always takes, even after 50 episodes and over 10,000 downloads, people, thank you so much. Even after all of our scams talking, I still go, huh? People do that? (laughs) Like I still, ugh. Yeah. And it could explain, okay, I'm going to, I'm done talking about this, but it could explain why there's very little interest in the stuff on Facebook marketplace, because Mm. maybe people have realized that how many things are listed there by bots. Right. Oh, my God. I never even thought of that. I don't know how to make my listings sound like not bots, but just put not bot. I am an actual human. I am five foot five. (laughs) Not bot. (laughs) Not buy this. I bought it. Anyway, do you have a scam? (gasps) Oh, do I? And this is one I've wanted to do for actually a really long time. But it's so complex Really? Aren't they all simple? They Aren't are. they all just I mean, so simple? <laughs> you know, the funny thing is the ones that are simple, you think, oh, this will be easy. And then you go, it's not easy. So this one, I'm thinking maybe it's so complex that it, it won't be. <laughs> My logic defies all logic. Um, <laughs> but I love it. And I've wanted to do it for, forever and ever. Now, also, I realized, too, when I first heard about this one, I'd never heard it before. I was like, holy shit. Of course, you go down the rabbit hole and it's everywhere. Every podcast has done it. It's been discussed a billion times, but that never takes away the fact that it's just a really good story. Now, my my, yep. my justification is we still tell the story of the three bears and Sleeping Beauty. Like a good story is a good yep. story. And I just yep. love this story. So yep. you probably have heard of it too, I'm sure. So first, I'm going to just give you my sources. My sources are, oh, it's a documentary. This is about the great buenos aires bank heist and it's called the last great heist or or uh it's called lots of things the heist of the century blah 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 i wondered about can i do a heist of course i can do a heist it's a scam it's a heist it's a thing so why not uh the amount of my sources are bank robbers the last great heist documentary directed by matthias gilbert gilbert maybe um, also, warning, there's a billion, billion amazing Spanish names that I will do my very best to say close to the correct way. I've tried. I even went to pronunciation on YouTube, and there's pronunciation wars. Like, one of them says it differently <laughs> than the other. So I'm just going to pick what I like the best. Uh, <laughs> the other source is The Heist of the Century. It's a dramatization of the actual event. It's a really good film, but it's in Spanish. And the only subtitles I could find were, like, literally Hungarian and Scandinavian so that didn't even help me but I you could I knew the story so I watched it the acting is really good I hope they come out with an English subtitle one because it looks amazing another uh, really leaned heavily in on the 
GQ article called The Great Buenos Aires Bank Heist from February 2020 by Josh Dean, who anybody who listens to podcasts know that name. He's just such a brilliant reporter and his stuff is everywhere. And also a really fun podcast I found called Do Go On. And it's Australian. There's three uh, Australian comedians, Matt Stewart, Jess Perkins, and Dave Warnicky, And they're very funny. Uh, so, oh, another another podcast called Wicked and Grim. So I listened to a whole bunch of things, read a whole bunch of things, and then I am going to try and put it together. All right. Okay. I'm going to do a little cold open. Here's the opening scene before the credits. All right. Okay. There is a bank robbery in Argentina called Banco Rio. It's one of the largest bank banking institutions there. It's a six-hour affair on TV. They, they have all the cameras there for six hours watching this thing unfold. There's a intriguing character that everyone calls the man in the gray suit because he's the guy that's sort of been talking. He's been the liaison between the, the police and the bank robbers. And he's sending hostages out and, and, and whatnot. And it's, it's, it's intense. And there's snipers. There's cops everywhere. Now, the cops aren't going to storm it because just a few couple years earlier, there was a huge bank robbery in a different city called Ramalo or Ramalo, Ramayo, one of the pick them, pick one. Mm-hmm. And what happened there was the bank, the cops did storm it and four people, I think four people died. There were two, let's just see, da, 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 da. Yeah, the police opened fire, killing a robber and two hostages. So it was Ah. a huge event and people were mad at the police. And so the police are now. And so the man in the gray suit is going, you know, we don't want another one of that. Those happening. So we're, you know, we're going to send some people out. We're going to everything was looking like a bank robber robbery as per kind of usual. But it was drawing out a really long time. There's a billion details in, that I'm going to get into. Cut to the police finally go, well, three at a certain point, they stopped being able to talk to the man in the gray suit. Three more hours went by and they thought, we got we to gotta go in. So they went in and there were no bank robbers. They were gone. They were poof, gone. People immediately go, well, what, did they take off their disguises and join in with the with the crowd? Well, no, because someone's going to give them up, right? They were just, they were gone. None of the hostages knew where they were. There were three people, there were people on all three levels of the bank that had been held hostage in this bank. And none of them, they're like, we don't know. We don't know where they went. Like everyone was fine. They were actually in quite good spirits because they had just eaten a whole bunch of pizza that the bank robbers had ordered for them. And it was someone's birthday and they had sang happy birthday and had a little party. And like the bank (laughs) robbers were apparently really nice, but they were gone. Police did not know where they went, had no clue. Cut to all the bank robbers sitting around the TV watching what happened because they'd been gone for hours eating pizza, watching the cops storm the bank. So how did they do it? How did they do it? How did they do that? Okay, that's what I'm going to get into now. So that's a good cold open, by the way, before the credits. Thanks. It's like, what happened? Very good. So uh, there's a little bit of political kind of... uh, what climate that we should probably know about at the time at that time in the early 2000s the banking industry was really like argentinians hated the banks because the banks one day their money was worth what was on par with american money and then literally the next day everything imploded the banking system crashed so many people lost all their life savings everything all in like overnight basically and so they had huge distrust for the banks bank robbery i guess was quite a quite an awesome pastime in Argentina at the time there was lots and lots of bank robbers robberies and people were like yeah screw it who cares the bank screws us let's take our money like so people didn't get it was a lot of people did it a lot of people got caught but it wasn't like it was kind of ubiquitous people kind of expected the banks to be robbed at this point that's how bad the banking system was but people still needed a place to put their riches so instead of putting their money in the bank 
like we would expecting maybe to make like putting it all in a big pool that the bank will invest they just would get uh, safe deposit boxes and put whatever big cash they had in there all the, everything so everybody had their bank deposit boxes stuffed to the brim because they didn't trust the bank as a bank but they trusted it as like a piggy bank as a place to store okay. stuff so yeah. all the safe deposit boxes were just filled to the brim that's what everyone was doing because no one trusted the banks anymore so that's an important little pin it okay so the actual collapse of the banks was 2001 cut to 2006 Okay, so this all starts with the mastermind idea from a gentleman named Fernando Arujo. I think that's how it's spelled. Said. Okay. Close enough. I we're believe gonna, you. We're going to call him Fernando. There is a documentary that's only a couple years old. I think it's 2020 that all of these guys talk about the heist. So it's no secret. It's all out and about. Everybody knows who these guys are. They're super, they're national okay. heroes now. They're Robin Hood heroes. And it's a funny documentary because... It is in Spanish. This one is subtitled. It's not the dramatization. It's the actual documentary. And they're all super proud of themselves, as they kind of should be when you hear how it all unfolded. But they're all 20 years up, 17, whatever, years older now. But they're all still trying to look like they did back in the day. I think this is directorial. (laughs) So anyway, they all look actually quite great, but it's kind of funny. So Fernando in the documentary is sitting in this mid-mod chair in this cool kind of treehouse that he lives in. And and his shirt is unbuttoned down to his belly button. He's got these great chinos, <laughs> great big tan, poofy hair that he's got to back comb a little bit to hide a little bit of, you know, whatever. Um, but he's super relaxed and he's super suave doo-doo. And he kind, they all have this pride and this, this mystique. And at first I kind of thought, oh, come on. And then I kind of started to go, yeah, you know what? Be proud of this thing that you did. So here's, here's his gig. He's this artist he at a certain point in his life he thought I just want to make art so he got himself this kind of flat where he was trying to paint and he's also a great big pothead and so he'd stay up all night and and he started to try and go you know at a certain point in life you think you realize you're not going to leave anything behind the only people that leave behind things are people who create things or if you have children so he wanted to create he wanted to be the next Picasso and it wasn't going so well for him and he also realized that his the pot that he was growing in the back of his little flat was really good stuff so he started to kind of go maybe I'll just start producing world's best pot and he kind of let the painting go so he it's bank robbery robberies were all over the news all the time and so it was you know stories and he started getting really high all the time and he didn't know if it was day or night and he was going through this sort of mind-bending experience and he's watching all these bank robberies and going how come they're so stupid why do they make all these mistakes and he kind of got now he got obsessed with that he's an obsessive person as you can tell he also teaches martial arts uh and he's really good like they show him even at this age he's unbelievably uh, masterful at the martial arts. And so he has these things that he gets really into. And he's like, okay, so what are they doing wrong? Why are they getting caught? So he starts going down the rabbit hole and watches every movie about every bank robber ever done from like the 20s, from silent movies. And getting like getting educated from the movies kind of and watching all these high okay. taking notes going, mm, don't do that. Mm, don't do that. Oh, that's a stupid move. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Learning, learning, learning. How, what are the best ways to rob a bank? He think he's going to make, now he's obsessed with going, I want to rob a bank. That's what I want to do. So he has a best friend named, wait for it. Oh, okay. So he has a best friend from elementary school days named Sebastian Garcia Bolster. So he goes to Sebastian and Sebastian's this awesome, brilliant guy. In the movie, he's called The Engineer. He runs a ski, uh, jet ski repair shop where he repairs motorcycles and stuff. 
he's really super smart. He's the kind of guy who likes to, you know, take apart a brand new thing and put it back together and it works even better. He's always trying to make motorcycles go faster with less gas and all this stuff. And he even tried to build a, a, a helicopter in his backyard because why, why not? wouldn't you? Right? Um, Other so people he's, have he's actually... built mushroom UFO bubbles in their backyard. Right? It's a thing to do. You want to get flying outside your backyard for Pete's sake. And he's actually good at it. He actually... He's legit. He knows what he's a smarty. And so they're hanging out one night. And Sebastian's a family man. Sebastian's family, his grandfather and his father also lost all of their money, everything Mm. in the bank crash. So he's got this little shop. He's trying to raise his family, blah, 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 blah. And uh, Fernando says, hey, listen, guess what I want to do? I want to rob a bank. And Sebastian's like, yeah, of course you do. That's your thing. You're always so full of it. Huh? This is funny. But he kind of went along with the idea thinking it's an interesting problem to solve. How would you do this? But yeah, whatever. He's, you know, he's a law-abiding man and family man, and he kind of writes it off. And Fernando goes home and goes, no, 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 no. I really, really, really want to do this. So he starts to kind of plan, and he thinks, how can we rob a bank? Going in and out doesn't seem to work, because within seconds, someone's, their system's set into place that the cops are there. Yeah. So how are we going to do this? And he thinks, oh, through a tunnel. Duh. It's like Bugs Bunny does it all the time, right? <laughs> And so it doesn't seem like that brilliant a, a jump. But he talks to Sebastian and he says, how are we going to, That this is what I think I want to do. And Sebastian's like, yeah, but still, how do, you, how do you do that? How do you get into the bank? And he goes, oh, well, we get into the bank the normal way, but we disappear through the hole. So that's why no one will see us when we're gone. It's gonna, we're going to be gone. So he's like, okay, that's possible, but how do we dig the tunnel and where and where and where and so Fernando's always coming up with these ideas and Sebastian's always the guy going okay how do we solve that problem I'll I'll we can do this we can do that Tasmanian devil does that all the time he gets spinning and then he just goes through mountains see it's Warner Brothers all over again they they could have used they could have used him in this in this heist uh, for sure so uh, Fernando couldn't get this out of his head he ate slept smoked weed to it (laughs) For months, he finally went back to Sebastian, and Sebastian said, "Okay, I'm in. Not so much as not so much that I want to do a crime, so much as I don't care about the banks. Okay. They fucked over my family, but I'm enthralled about this problem. Like I can't. I I want to solve engineering speaking how to do this problem." He said, "We'll only do this under one condition: that there's no weapons, zero guns. If we bring in any kind of." Uh, weapons they're they're toy guns and no and and Fernando's like yeah no no I don't want anyone to get killed I don't want that's not what this is about I I want to stage a perfect crime that's that's my legacy that's my art that's my Picasso so like okay they started figuring this out and Fernando's just on his motorbike one day and he's at this place at just a small city outside and they're digging and he's he asks the the guy says oh I'm an engineering student like how do you not how is this tunnel not going to collapse? And the guy says, oh, well, the deeper you go in this kind of rock, the sturdier it is, the heavier the rock is. So it's for some, he explained it to him. He went, oh. <laughs> and he saw all the manhole covers. He drives back home. He's also from an affluent family. So he goes to this, the neighborhood that he grew up in, which is very affluent. So the bank's going to be full and full of money. It's not like it's a bank in the, you know, on, the, on, a, on, a, on a poor side of town. It's a rich bank. And he sees the manhole covers that are spaced every 10 meters. And he's like, wait a minute, there's manhole covers right along the street here. Hmm. So he follows them to where all the water would gush out, and it gushes out into the river. And he's like, huh. So he gets off his bike. He goes down and starts entering the storm tunnel. And it's huge. It's like six meters across. It's huge. But, of course, there's water up to, like, his mid-thigh. Yeah. It's just gross. Like, <laughs> 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 
it's a storm tunnel. So, but he keep yeah. So he he keeps walking in and going. Every ten meters, there's a manhole cover. Hmm. We could go in through the storm tunnel. We don't have to drill a tunnel. Like they were thinking, oh, how are we going to engineer this tunnel? Because there had been tunneled bank robbers before. But they're like, the tunnel's yeah. already there. Okay. So then he goes back to Sebastian. Sebastian's like, yeah, the only thing we have to figure out is how to go up. We need to land in in the bank, in the basement, where the safe deposit boxes are. Because we're not going to rob the safes with the money and the dollar. Money means nothing up there. We're not going to do that. We're going to get where people's personal stashes are. That's okay. where all the goods are. We have to make sure we tunnel right up into that. So they're like, hmm, we got to figure this out. We need to know distance. Because they're like, when you walk underground in a tunnel for 15 minutes, no. you don't know where you are anymore, right? You're like, I, yep. I don't know what's above me. So they took a measuring tape, put a little weight on it at the manhole right beside the bank. They drop it down and they measure how far down it goes. So they've got that measurement. Then they needed to know from that manhole topper to the bank how far that was. So they used the air, the little air pocket on their bike as thing. They measured around their bike like a trundle wheel. They measured the distance around the tires of their bike and just rolled their bike to the bank and added a couple meters that would make take them into the thing so now they had two sides of the triangle and then they just did some math they did some cotangent and they figured out the angle of which they'd have to and they did pi and they did pythagoras and then they half of the diameter yep Pythagoras saved the day and they they have the little it's awesome they have their all their measurements and everything on the documentary it's like yeah it's like they actually did some engineering and he's like 69 degrees from this spot two meters 69 this is what we got to do and they they has to be perfect right because they could show up in your living room if they get just off by a few degrees they're at you know they're at the burger joint next door you know so so he's pretty confident about his he's the engineer he he built a freaking right helicopter he's probably right he's probably right so now they're like okay so let's figure out how to do this the two of us can't just do it we need more people so fernando knew a few people who might be a little bit shady but they were connected to big bank robbers like they were part of the big bank robber surge earlier they were a part of a really violent group called the super banda that terrorized banks across argentina in the 80s and 90s one of them's name was doc and one of doc's pals was ruben alberto that sounded great Hey, just because it's such a cool name, I really worked on that one. But he's Beto for short. So Doc and Beto, they're the two super bandits. They both served lots of time for being violent, violent criminals. But they had um, retired. They were kind of mellow. They're like, yeah, you know what? Those days are over. We're done with it. Fernando comes to them with their plan, and they're like, okay, let's do one more for the road. And he's like, but there's no violence on this one. This is how it's going to go. He's like... Yeah, we're good with that. So Sebastian and Fernando have figured, how are we going to actually get the money? How are we going to stage this? Because we can't just go in the tunnel, take stuff and leave. Someone's going to figure it out. So what they were like, let's get our two famous bank robbers to go in the front door, say, this is a bank robbery. Actually go on Fernando's list of all the things you shouldn't do (laughs) to get caught. Do all of the things you shouldn't do to get caught. Break, like, make sure you get caught. Make sure they push the alarm. Yeah. Make sure people have a walkie-talkie that they're talking to somebody outside. Yeah, okay. Totally. Like, totally make, do a bad bank robbery upstairs. It's like kind of genius, right? Meanwhile, they're tunneling in and taking everything out the bottom. And then when they say, we've got everything, scoot, they all run away. So that, to me, that's just like freaking brilliance. So Beto and uh, Doc called in a couple more people. 
I don't have to go down exactly who, but so here's what's happening. This takes over a year. They're tunneling up at 69 degrees. They've had to, uh, uh, Sebastian has had to use his brain, super brain skills. He's, he's got a hydraulic shovel now that he goes every night and, and, and digs. And he thinks his, his wife thinks he's having an affair, but he's like, no, uh, let her think that actually I'm robbing a bank, but, um, she can think that if she wants, you know, like they're, they're just, they're, they're starting to get really obsessed with this now. Every night they go through this drain network in this disgusting gross stuff and just start digging 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 they need one more fella to come and help them out uh he was an 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 uruguayan thief named louis mario vitet salanes now we're going to call him vitet he was known as the spider-man because when he was younger he would literally scale buildings and get into Mm -hmm. people's places and take their stuff and then scale them back down he he was spider-man and they had run out of money, these guys, with all their hydraulics, what all the stuff that they needed. They need ton, they'd, they'd bring in tons of equipment to do this stuff. They're out, they're out of money now. So Doc says, well, I got this, I got this friend. And he, I got, Spider-Man's my friend. So <laughs> he, he's a retired thief. He now owns a jewelry store and he'll help us. So they talk to Doc and he's immediately, yeah, yeah, no, I want in on this. I want, they all just want in, which is hilarious because they're all, they've all served their time and they're all kind of, just sitting back enjoying their lives now but they want one more kick at the can and this one sounds so fun so he's like yep i'm in but he's also he's such a character like he took acting lessons to do this because he's the man in the gray suit he gives himself this persona and everything now he's also you can't trust any of these guys right they're all thieves some some sources say that he says no i didn't take acting lessons that's all part of the big story that's that's all part of the you know, the made up version. And then other ones, his actual pals who are in this said, no, he totally took acting lessons. Like he absolutely did. And then in other interviews, he's like, oh, I took acting lessons. Yeah. Like you just don't know. But the fact is, is he's a brilliant actor and he liked to put on the wig and the glasses. Like he was all about it. So he was the man in the gray suit. So they're all in. The cops are surrounding the place. The journalists start arriving. They know that they, that the cops know that they're being filmed every hour, every minute of this. They don't want another Ramalos. They know that they can't start opening shooting. So everybody's just waiting. Walter in the bank, the man in the gray suit, he called himself Walter. He gave himself a name. He thinks, okay, uh, we want the cops to think that we're kind of uh, panicking now. So we're going to start letting some hostages go. So we're going to show them in good faith. We're going to let the security guard go. But he actually took the security guard's bullets out of the gun put them in his pocket and let him go because they didn't want any live guns anywhere. Like they were so adamant about right. his not turning violent. So they, he sends out the security guard and everyone's going, oh, 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 oh. And the cops are going, okay, okay, we're getting somewhere. So, oh God, see, this is, how it, this is why it's everywhere. I have to backtrack a little bit. In order to get all the money out, that was another problem that Fernando's like, how do we get all the money out? And Sebastian is like, oh, we get rafts. We can get four or five big rafts. Ooh, the float the down the sewers. Inflate them. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but the cops are going to immediately think that we're going to go out where the water goes out in the river. So we're going to go the other way. Yeah, we're going to go the other way. Okay, then how do we get out? Well, we just abandon the the rafts when we get to, yeah, storm-covered drain, whatever, further down the opposite direction. And Scooby-Doo, like, we park literally a Volkswagen van over top of the manhole with a hole in the bottom so that we climb out of the, of the, of the, of the floaty gigs (laughs) with our money up the ladder that's already there because it's a manhole cover and just load up our stuff. That like, is so just, Scooby-Doo. Thought, it's so Scooby-Doo. They thought of everything. Now, th- when, they were, when they were jerry-rigging this van, it was in Beto's garage 
and his wife happened to come out and I don't know bring muffins or something uh, what, <laughs> and she she saw everybody there and she's like what's going on here he's like oh it's, we're just hanging out in the man cave whatever so she saw all this kind of happen and he, they're like that is that okay and he's like yeah yeah she's fine she's fine she won't ask any questions I'll just say that we're working on the van it's a you know, VW bug every Volkswagen van it's cool you know we're hanging okay so that's how they're going to get the money out now then they're like well how are we going to open all of those safety deposit boxes and Sebastian is like well I'll build a special uh kind of like kind of a jackhammer but it's like an odd it's like a manual manually made one and they show how he made it because like they're talking to him and he goes well this is how i did it and he and it telescopes and it has to get taken apart because they have to be able to bring it up all the stairs to get into the thing so he's made it like it's like lego it it goes together and it's all and what it does is he puts it up one end against the wall and then he I don't know. He kind of shoots it, I guess. And it put it pokes through the, the little lock hole. So the little lock hole just gets wow. punched right in to the safety deposit box. And then they take the safety deposit box out and empty it. So while all the mad... Fernando gave it two hours. He said, this all has to be done in two hours. So while all the banking is happening and all the frou-frou upstairs, all the fake dog day afternoon stuff and all the hostages coming and going and pizza and birthday parties while that's all happening upstairs these guys are downstairs opening over a hundred safe deposit boxes one after another he just starts opening them and his one of the other extra guys that they brought in just starts loading it up and loading it up and taking it down and putting it in floaty gigs gigs. that's what i'm going to call them the rafts (laughs) here's another thing they're like once they're full of all this stuff and us there's not enough water it's gonna they're gonna sink what do we do about that like they're going to be too low to the bottom to actually go. Sebastian's like, I'll build a dam. So he builds a dam God. further up so that the water is high enough so that these things can go. Like it's just endless genius. So they get everything in there. They do their one last thing. They let a couple, I think they let three hostages out in total. They get the pizza and then it's time they get the signal. We're done. We got everything. Let's go. They go downstairs. I can't remember which one. It doesn't matter. Watch the documentaries. One of them sweeps everything up. They get. They start going down the hole. They have a, a rope attached around a like a I don't know <laughs> words uh, a filing cabinet, and they pull the filing cabinet over the hole. Like the hole is in the wall. They they manage to figure out exactly where. Not even through the floor. It's through the wall. And he and he dug it out just enough so that it wasn't all the way through. So that when someone came from downstairs. He could say, yeah, all in the, we're, we're in the clear and, and finished digging it out so that they could come through. Like it was yeah. just brilliantly planned on every level. So they, they plaster it up as good as they can. They pull a cabinet from it from the up, from the inside, undo the rope and skedaddle. They left a note. We need these folks in the theater. Like we need these note. folks in the theater when it's like, how does Miss Saigon take off in a helicopter? Or how do we bring a host right? of angels? We need <sighs> Sebastian. Yep. Yeah, we need him to figure out the actual. This real is another problems. one of those scams that you've told that just makes me want to go watch that so badly. I remember when you when you did the college admission scandal, so I had to go watch that, and right. then after you did the first Catch Me If You Can before we debunked him, I had to go back and watch that movie again. Like it's just oh, and Fire Festival. That was the other one I had to go watch after you did a scam about it. Okay, so they had left a sign after they pulled the the giant file folder (laughs) holder in front. And it says, in a rich neighborhood without weapons or grudges, it's just money and not love. And I'm sure that in Spanish, it made much more sense more quickly. The translate loses something in translation. But I think the gist of it is, is 
don't take this personally. Yeah. We're not out to hurt anybody. We're, yeah. we're, it's just money. And fuck you, bank. It, it, it's an interesting thing for them to leave this note behind, but that's what they did. And it was just all, when the cops came down and couldn't find anything. Oh, and this is another brilliant thing they did. Before the heist started, they all put crazy glue on their fingertips so there'd, <gasps> there'd be no fingerprints anywhere. Some of them wore gloves too, whatever, right? So, And they also, Fernando had gotten a bag of hair from the barber shop so they could kind of just drop it around so they'd oh have Oh my the, lord, the DNA, that's genius. Right? So they I am not that. praising the scammer. I know. <laughs> Everyone loves them though for all of this, for all these reasons. And he also had a squirt bottle filled with bleach so they could bleach everything down so that there was nothing left over. They thought of everything. Also, a lot of the things in those, in the... Uh, safe deposit boxes people put credit cards and stuff in them they had hundreds of credit cards so instead of using them you think oh they've got all this credit no no they kind of would distribute them all over the place like at tills and stuff like like people would have dropped them on park benches and stuff so people would find them and use them they'd get flagged and the police would have to go down a whole (laughs) rabbit hole and so hundreds of people they had to ask because they were now suspects because they had this stolen cash so they just oh they thought of freaking everything ridiculous and it went off without a hitch like they the it went off perfectly the only oh the only thing that kind of happened is when they were in the on the floaty gigs <laughs> one of them uh flooded the motor he was too excited and he kept pulling it and sebastian the for you know the engineers like don't do don't do don't do that Ugh. so they couldn't move but fernando and sebastian had thought of everything like what if the motors don't start on the on the little on the raft they brought oars so they rowed themselves out like they just everything they thought of everything um they had named the actual heist donatello after <laughs> teenage mutant ninja turtles because they were in the sewers and they were, which and also fernando loved that show and they were green like pot it just it's such a stoner thing right like it's hilarious it's late nights planning a bank robbery and called naming it after the teenage mutant ninja turtles he has a big tattoo that says donatello and it's all too much to believe, but they ended up sitting at home watching the cops finally go in, right? It, which is hilarious. Now, the cops, there's a couple that were interviewed, and they said, no, they were absolutely... Oh, and they also left all of their fake guns in the basement, too. Like, So there's a whole row of plastic guns from Toys R Us there, just to kind of we say... We weren't going to hurt anyone. Yeah, and the cops were very embarrassed by this whole thing right they were humiliated and embarrassed and all of them say no there was for sure real guns there's no way you could pull this off without real guns we were being i thought well you don't have to be embarrassed you guys you should be taking fake guns as real like you shouldn't in in that situation not in a playground but in that situation like you you know there's you don't be humiliated but they're all like no no these guys are blah 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 well not really so anyway there's there's also a lot of folklore about how they divided it up. Some sources say, well, there wasn't a lot of cash, so there was a lot of goods that they had to heist. Other things say, the actual guys say, Vitette, the guy who played Walter with the gray suit, who did the acting, who also actually put coins in his mouth so he would sound just a little bit different when he talked as well. Uh, had a bit of Sean Connery sound by putting cotton in his mouth. <laughs> right? He was into it. Uh, he says that they all sat around and and divided like tons of little piles of $10,000 here and $10,000 there, piles and piles, and everybody got X number of piles to the point, and this to me sounds like folklore, but he says to the point where there was 120 left and they didn't know how to divide it up amongst the six of them. I think there were six. (gasps) So they just ripped it up. Now that seems a little too cherry on the top for me, but I love it. It's a great, it's a great image. And they all, you know, finished their pizza, clinked their beer bottles and said, see ya. 
So Ocean's Eleven, right? Everyone who talks about this talks about Ocean's Eleven, but how can't you? You have to. They all went away, all went their separate ways. The cops were absolutely flummoxed. Like, it worked. And when you talk to one of them, Fernando helped write the script for the actual movie. And he's like, well, we had to make it more exciting because it's a boring story because everything it's worked. It's not a boring well, it's story. It's not a boring story, actually. It's quite exciting. But he's like, we had to make it so that we were getting out just as the cops were coming in because... It's not Hollywood. Otherwise, it's just... Yeah. This happened, then this happened. Like, well, it's hilarious. Like, it was so, so good that it, it they had to make it more exciting to tell the story, which... I don't think they did. But anyway, so they said they all took their piles of cash and away they went. Nothing. Nobody knew anything. They were, the cops were chasing people who had the credit cards. There was no DNA. They, nobody knew what these guys looked like because they went in obviously with disguises on it and stuff. And nobody knew who Sebastian looked like. He worked alone. He was the engineer. He, he didn't really trust the ex-cons for good reason. And he was an old family man. And he, he just wanted, he was more interested yeah, in the engineering yeah. of it almost, of it than anything. And he dug the hole by himself mostly. He was waiting in the thing by himself. He took. He didn't really want to engage too much with these guys. So, you know, he got out. Everybody's doing their thing. Everybody's hiding their money. Five months go by. And remember when Beto's yes. wife went into the garage? And, yeah. So Beto, of course, he was probably the most violent, most notorious criminal of all of them. He's got these shiny blue eyes, and he's, always, he's kind of always laughing at himself. You always know there's way more secrets than he's letting on. But he also was known to have lots of mistresses and... Yeah, he was that guy. So he says he got home and he saw $100,000 taken out of his pile that he had and was asked his wife, what did you do? Where, where's my money? She said, I took it. I went and I spent some money. And he, first couple times he's like, okay. And then something else had moved and it was different. And he was like, get your hands off. And they had a big fight. And it's like, what? And she said, you're cheating on me. I'm taking whatever I want. And he's like, uh-oh. So I, the the story goes that he was out for a drive with one of his he took a bunch of his money, put it in the car, went for a drive with one of his lady friends, and she thought he was leaving her, so she went to the police. And she says she never wanted to get anyone else in trouble but him. It's like he, he, but what did she right do? Thing. She just said those like my but my husband had six buddies over and they were being sketchy around a VW van. No, she said there's like twenty million dollars oh, sitting in okay. my living room and my husband stole it. Right? <laughs> yeah, or like she. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of exactly how much they got, but they all got tons and tons and tons of money. Like they're, I wish I had the exact, should have the exact amounts, Karen. I never have those things at my fingertips. Um, so she said, first of all, to all of them, give me $300,000 each of you or I'm, or, I'm, or I'm squealing on all of you. So it's like, yeah, well, she's, she did the right thing, yeah. but for the wrong reasons or for the right reasons. She I don't was know. an she's accomplice exactly... if she started spending the money. Absolutely. She was, she yeah. was, yeah, until, until she wanted to get back. So anyway, she, she had recognized enough of them that out of, out of pictures and lineups, she was able to pick everybody else. And they, they got everyone but one, a guy named Luis, because he was bagged from the beginning and got out in time. And I, it, there's so, each one of them have such incredible stories, but it would take me, the whole year to tell you about each one of them but so they all found them Fernando he had taken off into the woods to do sort of another kind of spiritual search because he's that guy right he's always doing all this deep right. breathing and everything he was staying in a tent and he had asked one of his friends if they he could get his rap sheet or some someone had a connection to be able to get who the police were looking for and they sent him this manila envelope this file full of all of all of the offenses of everyone and everything and he saw the cops kind of coming he was camping out in the desert somewhere and and they he said I just kind of went out and said I'm him he goes because I if I denied it and they started searching through my tent they would have found 
like it covered with papers that I was studying about everybody's rap sheets and who's wanted and who's not. <laughs> so I don't know how I would explain that. So he wasn't even caught with money. He was just caught with information. But none of them served very much time. I think Fernando got 14 years. Uh, Beto got more. All of them got out within five years or so. A couple of them, Sebastian, I think, got out, didn't even really get much time. He was because he didn't do anything but dig the holes and make the plan. He he didn't have a gun. Right. He was, and because they didn't use, it was established that they didn't use real weapons. That also made the the charges go down. Our friend yeah. Vitet, who was the uh, awesome actor, he's Uruguayan, so that his deal was well, if you serve half your time here and you go back there and never never promise never back to come and come back in the country, then you're free. So he hardly got any time, and they all got out in the because again. People say no one got hurt. Well, people in that bank for three hours were traumatized and probably needed therapy for the rest sure. of their lives. Like people, they're just, people do get hurt in these things. There's no fancy way around it. But they were also kind of seen as these, as these folk heroes because they had, first of all, no one could believe how they did this. It was brilliant. And second it's of brilliant. all, they kind of screwed the banks and everyone was mad at the banks. And they're like, so here's it, my big go. question then. Like if they're seen as Robin Hood heroes or whatever, and they're, they're trying to screw the banks. And you said people don't trust the banks. So they were putting their own stuff in safe deposit boxes. And that's what they robbed. So really they were robbing the people and not the bank. Sure. I mean, you can read it. You can read it a million different ways. They, they, have, their I mean, way it's, of, it's they have their own clever. way of justifying sure. it. At the end of the day, they're criminals and they yep. stole stuff. Yeah, lots and lots of stuff. So, they're they're criminals. But there, it was such a perfect crime. And had she not walked in that day, chances are they would have totally. gotten away with it because the police, until that moment, had no idea. And that was Fernando's work of art. And all of them say, "Yeah, no, it was a it was a work of art. We were so proud to be part of this beautiful." this beautiful work of art it kind of was perfect now they're all very proud of it and they all talk about it and Sebastian kind of used to say well I don't know you know that the judge says I was part of it so I guess I I guess he's right he's the judge he never kind of fully admitted it he felt a lot of shame from his family because his family was very yeah. upright and, and and now he's known as this criminal but at the end of the day n- most people ended up going fuck man you're a genius <laughs> so he kind of wrote on that and he kind of apologized and Anyway, they're, they're, they all had to pay restitution and all this stuff. Now, at the end, at, at, finally, after the statute of limitations wore off, Sebastian's like, yeah, no, it was me. I did it. I, I'm the guy. So they all start owning up to it. Of course, now there's books. There's movies. These guys are making money hand over fist with all of the stuff, right? They're, they're, they really are seen as heroes. They talked to Beto. He's sort of the baddest guy of all of them. And they said, now, so what's it like now that you have to make your, li- your own living? And, you know, did did is there any more of the money left over that? Because they didn't retrieve it all. And he said, you know, they cracked me over the head pretty hard when they arrested me. I can't remember anything. And then he smiles and his eyes go twinkle, 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 twinkle. And then they talk to Fernando and he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really hard these days as he's kind of, you know, shining up his really expensive yeah. shoes and doing up his really expensive belt. They've all got stashes that yeah. no one will ever know where they are. They're all, they all made a made off with a bunch they're all um they're oh and this is cool too in the actual movie um fernando wanted everybody to be able to play a part in it somewhere some didn't want to be didn't want to have anything to do with it they just wanted to move on with it but he made beto beto actually played the part of the cop who arrested him so he arrests himself in the movie which is a beautiful little chestnut awesome so they're all kind of i mean none of them will ever be able to do get away with anything ever again but they also all made their fortune one of the interviewers asked beto and said uh so 
how do you feel about all this? Do you wish that it, that it could have just gone on like that? And he kind of went, yeah, you know, ha- had it not come out, though, no one would have known, and it would have been really hard not yeah. to tell anyone because it was so beautiful. Beautiful, you know, I'm yeah. using quotation marks, because it would have been really hard over time not to be able to say, do you know what right. we did? We wrote Hamilton, or we wrote, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, we did this thing. And uh, so he said, because of all that, all of us have book deals. All of us have movie deals. All of us are being interviewed and paid to tell our story. Like we're all, in a way, it worked out even better for us because now we can honestly talk about it and get paid to. <laughs> well, like Frank Abagnale Jr. made a career out of talking about stuff he said he did, which we turns out he didn't. <sighs> yeah, and these guys at least... They're like, yeah, fuck, we're criminals. We're bank, we're bank robbers. Like, they're not trying to say that yeah. they're not and that they learned their lesson and this is how. No, they're all like, yeah. oh, yeah, we did it. And look look how, look how, what a good job we did. That's how And they don't end their speeches with stay in school, kids. Like, they're just like, no, we did this bad, bad thing. They end their speeches kind of going, yeah, no, there's no more money anywhere. We don't have anything <laughs> hidden. Like, they're hilarious. They're, they're not good people, but they're also just the most compelling characters. And there's, of course, millions and millions of details that I didn't get into because it, it would just... But we can see them in the documentary I... and the movie. Can you remind us the titles of those? Um, I will. I'll go look them up. Uh, the, you really should watch the, uh, watch the documentary. It's on Netflix. I'll get the title in a second. And when, if and when that movie does come out, for, I tried to even... Um, I tried to find it on other sources but like i said there's only the languages are you can't get english subtitles english speaking person to follow so um the big dramatization that is not subtitled in english is called yes the big movie about the robbery is called the robbery of the century or el robo del siglo again there's no english subtitles on it if you can find it okay watch it hopefully after all because everyone's talking about it now maybe they'll re-release it the one on netflix which is great it is subtitled it is called Bank Robbers, colon, the last great heist documentary. And it's oh, on cool. Netflix right now. And it, it breaks it right down, all down. And it's, only, it's not that long. It's an hour and 20 or something. It's just, it's so worth it. It's really good. And it just tickled my fancy. The first time I heard about it, I was like, I got to do this. But I couldn't keep, I, it was too much for me to understand. And so I had to watch yeah. enough to kind of go, I think I can talk about this now. But I don't know. I don't know, man. Once again, you can't help but kind of applaud them at the same time go, oh, you baddies. <laughs> tisk tisk you. <laughs> tisk tisk you and hand me some of that money oh there was so many other names that I even I just ended up I'll, I'll, I'll say it I bailed I just called them these guys and those guys because oh, the sure. names were yeah, impossible that's fine. and I didn't want to murder them all but the story's enough right I'm going to plug here enough. for a friend of mine playwright in Calgary named Aaron Lacra who has written a live theater play called Heist and it is like watching oh. Ocean's Eleven on stage uh, and I've, cool. I've read it I've audition for it. I didn't get it. I was sad. However, if you're living in Calgary, you should look for it in January, February at Vertigo Theatre because it has all the feelings of this kind of smart Ocean's Eleven-y kind of feels. But then to be able to watch it live on stage would be amazing and see how they're going to do that. And apparently there's all sorts of lasers. The big thing is there's lots of lasers, green lasers. I love it. Well, and that's the thing. This Fernando guy, he is totally, he is totally Tom Cruise in the very first Mission Impossible. Like he is so agile and strong, he totally could weave himself through lasers if yeah. he had to. That's I think the, the thing that I think part of the keep using the word beauty. Part, the beauty of this thing is that everyone 
was who they said they were, and everyone was an expert in the thing that they did, and there was not one sort... It wasn't a, oh, let's rob a bank and make a tunnel. <laughs> like, it was... They were serious, <laughs> smart. That's just where they focused it. And you could, the, the sort of climate of the times was a perfect storm, and it kind of made sense to everyone. Why don't we just do this thing? I so, can't yeah. wait to watch that. You will enjoy well, it. Well, okay, so it gives me a good idea for my two truths and a lie. I, okay. I am ready with a great version of two truths and a lie, I think. I okay, think. awesome. <laughs> okay. So I okay. found this great article called The 17 Best Movie Shows and Documentaries About Scams. And oh, so wow, I was going to awesome. go through all of them. And I went, oh, no, you know, we know a lot of them. Like, we know Dirty John. We've, I think we've talked about Dirty John a bit. And we've talked about Catch Me If You Can and Inventing Anna. That's mm -hmm. Anna Delvey. Is that right? Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah. the, the blood one. Oh, yes. Elizabeth Yeah, it just, it just came out like last year. What's it called? Oh, The yeah. Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. So we know about those big ones. But there was a couple I hadn't heard of. So I'm going to give you three titles of um, movies or documentaries about scams. And you decide which ones were real and which ones were not. Okay? Excellent. Movie title okay, number go. one is I Care A Lot. Movie title number okay. two is Lula Rich. And movie title number three is... Safety Recall. Okay, I'm going to say the lie is I no, care a lot. No, it's a true movie. Oh, the lie safety is Safety Recall. Safety Recall. I knew Lula Rich because I've watched that. Oh, you one. have? So, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I did that one, didn't I? Didn't I do the one about leggings? Oh, did that's Lula Rich. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. You did. Okay, I care a lot. Oh. Is just a minute. That's so good because the one you made up is, a, is, is such a good It came title. up on an ad while I was trying to think of a name. Like an ad popped up on the screen next. And I'm like, oh, okay, safety recall. That sounds good. Uh, I care a lot. Hate old people? Then I care a lot is for you. The fictional but feasible black comedy stars Rosamund Pike as Marla Grayson, a bobbed cutthroat figure who has made her fortune by exploiting the elderly. After identifying oh. a wealthy target, she has the court declare them legally incompetent, naming her their legal guardian. She throws them into substandard assisted living facilities, empties their accounts, and liquidates their assets, and then basically waits for them to die. Unfortunately for Grayson, oh. she picks the wrong target in Diane Weist's Jennifer Peterson, who's apparently the secret mother of a crime lord played by, I love this, Peter Dinklage. A legal oh, back wow. and forth ensues, followed by round after round of scheming and one-upmanship. It's deliciously devious, as long as you don't really think about how often this probably happens to people in real life. Yeah. Is it based on a true story, or is it, doesn't is it say all? That. Yeah, it sounds fictitious. Says it's on Netflix. Doesn't say true happens. story. Yeah. Oh no, it says but fiction. Sorry, it says the fictional but feasible black comedy. Oh. Well, yeah, they probably because. That shit happens. So they made an awesome show about so it. So now oh, we man, need to do funny. a movie about scams called Safety Recall. Yes, Safety Recall, please. Okay, so I've got my two two truths and a lie. Okay. <laughs> I've got to make sure I do two truths. I wrote them down this time right. so I wouldn't bugger it up. Ready? Okay. Uh, wait a second. That's too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so you can't be too creative you can't try and get too creative where you just put yourself in a corner yeah okay i'm just gonna start see where it goes okay so number one i have been in a bank robbery number two 
I sold a vacuum on Kijiji. <laughs> and number three, <laughs> I bought a fake degree on Kijiji once. I think that's true. So I think I've been in a bank robbery is a lie. No, it's true. I never bought a degree on, on Kijiji, but, but I was in a bank robbery. Shut <laughs> up, were you? Tell, tell. It was so uneventful. Um, I guess normally they happen very quickly. <laughs> I was actually doing a temp job. I was in the basement of a CIBC. This is before everybody was doing student loan inputs on computers. Like, so this has got to be 24, 25 years ago. Didn't have Nathan yet, so it's pre-kids. Our job was to literally, that a template that put things over the student loan. When the bank would divvy out the student loan money, there was a form that had to be filed and checked. And basically, you put this template over it and dotted all the places that were supposed to be dotted and then put it in a pile. And we did that for fucking hours. And while that was happening, all of a sudden, everyone came downstairs for a second. And they're like, the bank's being robbed. And we're like, ha, 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 so funny. Kept doing our jobs. Like, no, the bank's. They were all so chill. No one was upset. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, the bank's being robbed. (laughs) Again. And then they all went upstairs. I thought, I think they were joking with us. Because we didn't really work for the bank. We were temps brought in to do this task. Then cops came downstairs and asked us if we'd seen... I said, like, what? wait a minute. Like, was the bank really robbed? He goes, oh, yeah. Happens all the time. Guy comes in. Clerk gives him whatever's it, And then they leave. And he said, this bank robber was really stupid, though. He locked his bike in the front of the bank and couldn't get it unlocked. And the money was in his backpack. So we basically are just looking for other witnesses now. We've got him. It's like... But everyone was so... Yeah. Huh bank was robbed <laughs> it was just not a it was not an incident it was hilarious but so for the rest of the day i was kind of like what that's why fernando and sebastian said we got to spice it up like it worked yeah it's not exciting yeah. if nothing goes wrong or whatever yeah that's right yeah and they were they were having so much fun because they knew that there were no stakes for them they didn't have real weapons they weren't going to kill anyone they were just going to x out out a, out a hole so they were like hey, let's make characters and be an interesting and turn this into something amazing and have a birthday party and order pizza. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so, yep, that's my three, two lies in it. Before we go, we'd love to ask you to like, rate, subscribe, do all those things because it helps get the podcast out there so more people can listen and we can have more fun with more of you. So please uh, rate and subscribe. Give us a good review. We love you for it. If you're on Instagram, we are scamtime underscore. So at scamtime underscore. And on X, which is Twitter, which is X, whatever it's I'm called. I'm not going to call it we X. Are, we're, that's Twitter. It's Twitter. always it's What always are we on Twitter? Twitter? It's at scamtime. At scamtime. We're at scamtime. Good old at scamtime on Twitter. We have a email address, which we'd love you to use and tell us things and correct us and all those fun things. We do. Which is? Thebroadgap at gmail.com. The broad gap. Yeah, we might have to change that. If I we think we might to, have to know, change that gonna, eventually. Yeah. But for um, now, that's still. Yeah. For now, the broad gap. Why is it called but, the broad gap? Because we have a second podcast that we uh, are doing less frequently called Bridging the Gap Between Generations Who Assume Things About Each Other. And on this podcast, we call ourselves the Fraud Broads. So the broad gap. There you go. There's the etymology, oh. the whatever. <laughs> It sounds more complicated than it is. We know, we know, we know, but we're cleaning it up. We're cleaning scam it Scam time underscore at scam time and at the broad gap at gmail.com. And you know what? We're not even on right? Facebook. That's what's easy. Don't even look for us on Facebook. Yeah. But look for the things I'm selling on eBay. No. Yeah, buy Karen's stuff. But it's look good. for the stuff I'm selling on Marketplace. <laughs> bowling ball. Who who wants a bowling ball? Do, who wants a bowling ball? Who's a Tasmanian devil? 
I bet someone out there is. Who's Who do we love? Who likes Who to listen get pizza to rant about bowling balls? We do. Oh, listeners, we love you. Very good, good listeners. Good listeners. Good, 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 good